Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's good, hype? Welcome back to the 2022 season that you just can't wait to end. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunch, Brian Christofferson, and our special guest on the Husker Hypecast this week for Indiana. We have brought in Nebraska's own Todd Peterson. Todd, welcome back to the Hypecast. I believe this is your your third appearance. Is that right? That sounds right. I thought, you know, if we're going into this season, I thought you guys went to a visual medium and you're going to stop inviting me because I'm just not attractive enough. <laughs> No, we still look how we do, and they still let us be on camera. So I don't think we're worried about you in the slightest, quite frankly. I didn't know if he'd fit in the frame, being four, but he does. Oh, yeah, that that, that was what I was worried about right there. We're forcing him to hunch down. Now he has bad posture. It's all our fault. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. That's terrible. All right, Todd, uh, before we dive into the um, very important questions that I have clearly written out for today's show, uh your initial thoughts on where things sit with Nebraska football. Um, no more Scott Frost, no more Eric Chenander, some changes, obviously coming off a of bye week and the worst, sort of the worst performance of the year, I guess, against Oklahoma. I mean, I, I think that's worse than their performance against Georgia Southern, even though they lost that or Northwestern. But, you know, where, where are you right now as Nebraska's one and three? Kind of in the same boat trying to pick what the worst performance has been so far. But it, it's – it's frustrating um, as the fan in me that grew up in Nebraska in the nineties, it's frustrating to watch the former player in me has some empathy for the guys having gone through similar things in 2007. Um, and at this point it's just, it's just, you know, you hope they can band together and get something to rally around to still kind of have that purpose. Um, biggest thing is you just, you just don't want to see them quit. So hopefully they can find something and get things going in the right direction. How much, so obviously it's a different situation because Callahan stayed all the way through the Colorado game, but how much of it do you think is sort of on the players to keep checking with each other to make sure that they're not sort of checking out in a situation like this? Because this is the sort of stretch that if Nebraska is going to do anything, and that's a giant if, but you have games here against Indiana and Rutgers on the road, two teams that if you're able to, to find ways to win those games, you're back at three and three and your season could be written entirely differently. I mean, it, the chances of it being uh storybook ending aren't high, but it could be a lot better than being one in 11 too. Yeah. It's hard. Cause this, this stretch in October is going to be so big for them. I think it's important uh, kind of on the leadership and for those guys to just be able to communicate the goal and what they want to get done. But it's also a very different era now than when I played with the transfer portal and, and NIL and the opportunities for guys' minds to be wandering in other places. So it's it's similar in some ways, but also very different. And there's going to be a bucket of different challenges with that. All right. 
Let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into the Indiana coverage. Nebraska's offense did not do a lot against Oklahoma uh, a couple weekends ago. They had that opening touchdown. They went up seven nothing. It was a first touchdown catch for Trey Palmer. BC, what do you what do you want to see out of Nebraska's offense coming out of the bye week? Um, and and where do you think this thing is is going to look? Because you're this is sort of the the longest stretch, obviously, about Scott Frost. Uh, Mark Whipple back in the saddle as as Nebraska's offensive coordinator and and everything else. So where what do you sort of want this to look like? What do you think this will look like on Saturday? Well, I thought the most discouraging part against Oklahoma was um, just how much traffic they had allowed in their own backfield. I mean, it was just constant TFLs and there were four sacks given up in the first half. I believe there were almost nine, nine or 10 TFLs in the first half. Um, and so basically Nebraska was playing the entire uh, part of the game where it mattered still uh, like third and eight or, or longer. It felt like, so they've got to win on the early downs. This is obviously a different outfit than Oklahoma. Um, although Oklahoma's defense showed they're not uh, exactly the 85 bears this last weekend either. Um, but Indiana, um, you know, they, they, I'm looking at their their numbers on defense. I mean, they rank 101st in pass defense, 109th in total defense, 77th against a run. Um, so Nebraska's got to be able to do some things up front. It's going to be a big assignment for Ethan Piper at left guard, making, um, you know, the start again, back into that assignment. He's got to be reliable. And then the guys who have been there up front, they've got to get two notches better than they've been. You know, they, they just got to keep going week to week and climbing a bit. And and Casey's got to Casey's got to be a little more dialed in than he was against OU too. He missed some throws um, that could have moved the chains and maybe kept it from getting quite as out of hand as it did. Brunts, one of the things Mickey Joseph said after that game is he regretted trying to to go as much tempo as he did uh, with Oklahoma. Now the team that runs the most plays uh, in college football and in, in Indiana, I mean they are the most aggressive tempo team in the country. Do you think it's even more imperative for Nebraska to try to slow things down this week to sort of combat the way that Indiana plays? Or do you think Nebraska could lean into the tempo that they wanted to play earlier this year? No, I I mean, we, we talked about it before the Oklahoma game that I think the plan that they had going into um, last year's Oklahoma game was probably going to benefit this offense the most. They went the complete opposite way and tried to turn it into a track meet. And we saw what happened. Um, you know, the, the thing that I worry about this week, especially with Indiana trying to play fast, is, you know, how quickly the calls come in with the new defensive coordinator, if there's confusion. And I just think that Nebraska needs to kind of play boring Big Ten West football and control the clock. They need to, um, you know, grind out some drives. And I, th- I think Indiana's defense is one that Nebraska should be able to run against. But I think where Nebraska is going to run into trouble is if you have like Indiana running 105 plays like they did last week against Cincinnati when they lost. So I just don't know that with the way this team is that any kind of anything close to a track meet is what this, this, the, the pace that they want. So slow it down, kill some clock, and and don't leave your defense out there too long. Basically, get as close to complimentary football as you can, which Nebraska hasn't done in like four and a half years. 
Todd, two-part question. I guess what what on Nebraska's offense has either impressed or surprised you so far, and and where have you been a little disappointed four games into the season? Um, I think I've been pretty impressed by some of the skilled players, honestly. Some of the, the new players brought in. Obviously, the running backs have really impressed so far. You hope Gabe Irvin can step in and kind of fill a little bit of the role that A.J. Allen was showing a really nice job of. Um, I've been impressed with Palmer and Washington as the receivers and a band of those guys. Um, the frustrating thing so far is, has been the offensive line, I think. And I don't think it's – at least from what I've watched, and granted I haven't been sitting there dissecting it like it's game film, but it looks like they're – unaware of how to diagnose pressures and, and stunts and who they're supposed to be blocking. A lot of those plays last or two weeks ago when, when guys were in Casey's lap before he, you know, hit his fifth step, like it, it just looked like they didn't know who to be blocking and, and guys were coming free or it was too late to adjust. So I think that's frustrating and they need to clean that up and, and try and keep him clean. BC AJ Allen is done for the year. What does that kind of leave things for Nebraska's <clears throat> running back picture beyond Anthony Grant at this point. Do we I see mean, more Ramir Johnson and Jockey Ant? Uh, well, I mean, I think first and foremost, Gabe Urban's the second mm-hmm. guy up. But, yeah, yeah, I think that that could open that door a crack for a couple more of those guys, or at least one of those guys, to get a few reps. Um, honestly, of all the positions on the roster, that's not the one that gives me great concern. As much as I really like A.J. Allen, I do – um, there is sort of an eagerness on an individual basis to see Gabe Irvin. Like he's a guy who's sort of had his career stop and start, stop and start. And let's not forget like last year um, in fall camp, he was all the talk. I mean, he was the guy who had showed up and won the starting job right away and everybody was pretty fired up. And then the injury against Oklahoma happened. So I think he's a very capable backup type back. That's going to go well with Anthony Grant. So um I feel all right about running back. I do. I think Gabe Urban will be fine. Um, But uh, no doubt the loss of A.J. Allen is a bummer because I know he keeps his red shirt, but I just don't know that that in his case, I don't know if that matters a lot, you know, because I think he's a guy who's uh, I don't know if he's going to be in college football five years for that matter, you know, so it's that one of those deals. But uh, Gabe Urban, um, he'll he'll be ready for it. He's been around the block a little bit now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jumping over to the defensive side of the ball. Todd, you were saying before we we went live that uh, 
you know, you're you're curious how Bill Bush is going to be able to handle everything now as a defensive coordinator, previously was a special teams coordinator. What do you remember of Bill Bush when when he was coaching while you were at Nebraska and and um kind of what are your thoughts on on him being tabbed as a defensive coordinator? Um a personable guy. Uh he connects well with the players. Um most of the guys that I remember that played on special teams for him really liked him, really liked the things he would draw up. He always came up with great kind of either Thursday night or Friday afternoon meeting film clips, stories. He loved horse racing. I always remember he had that. He showed clips of Seabiscuit and related that to special teams. How, I don't know, but it's one of those things you never forget. Um, so I, I think he'll do a good job there. I just, I worry about how much is going to be on his plate with all of those things. And, and as we've talked about a little bit already, kind of the outfit that's coming in and, and, having a new defensive coordinator with a team that's really going to come in and step on the gas, or they're going to have to keep that very vanilla. What's going to happen with that. So um, I think it'll be interesting to watch. Brent, what, uh, what kind of changes are you expecting? If anything, with Nebraska's defense with Bill Bush now uh, as a defensive coordinator? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, my sense is, is, you know, Mickey Joseph said yesterday that they are going to simplify some things. They got rid of some calls that had been, you know, in the, in the, on the play sheet defensively. I think with Indiana coming in, they have to be a little bit more, not simple, but I, I think something that they can execute and that they can call and, you know, maybe maybe you see a little bit more aggression. Maybe you see a corner actually up in a wide receiver's face once in a while. Maybe you, you know, see a, a pressure or two that, you know, actually gets home or forces the issue. I, I, I think that's just what's been lacking with this defense this year is it's, it's just the entire season has been played on their heels. And I think this group would really respond well to just a challenge of we're going to go in and we're going to try to force the issue. We're going to be a little bit more aggressive and play a little bit risky. I mean, I, I think that's the thing that was kind of frustrating to Nebraska fans for so long was, you know, Eric Chenander's defenses were steady, but they were kind of risk averse. And they, I, I think that's where Bill Bush can bring a little bit of a different look if he wants to do it. I think they've got the guys on that side of the ball that can do those things, but I'm hoping to see a little bit more of that versus just the almost kind of seven on seven defense we've seen at times this season. Yeah. Uh, to, to Brunson's point, it is somewhat fascinating to be a bend don't break defense. that doesn't, you know, doesn't ever bend. It's just broke. And, you know, uh, the fact they're not more aggressive or weren't more aggressive against either Georgia Southern or Oklahoma, I think it's part of why Eric Shenander is, no longer there. BC, is there, are there players that you're expecting to potentially show up Saturday that we haven't seen a lot of yet? Or is it a lot of the same guys that we kind of know are just going to be expected to figure out how to raise their level or or that you hope the simplicity allows them to raise their level? Uh, it'll be a lot of the same guys. I mean, if there's going to be any new ones inserted um, – I mean, maybe a Deshaun Singleton uh, gets some more reps at safety. Uh, Omar Brown getting slid over to the nickel as like the second guy there is kind of interesting. I see if he pops up a little bit more. Uh, beyond that, 
You know, I know Malcolm Hartzog and Jaden Gold were interesting press conference stories the other day, and you hope to kind of see them get filtered into the system a little bit more as the season goes on. But we're still talking about Malcolm Hartzog as like a fourth or fifth corner and Gold's like the fifth eight. You know, so I, I just don't know how realistic it is if this game's close that we're going to see a lot of them. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of different people. I think Brunt's hit it, though. Are you going to see a more aggressive defense? If you're if I understand the philosophy of, um, you know, being that defense where you make a team earn a 13, 14 play drive and there's six yard paper cuts. But the paper cuts have been like 13 or 14 yards uh, the way they've been playing. So I, I think that's where you got to say we're we're already getting burnt. Uh, we might as well, uh, as, as Bruns was saying, take a few more risks and see if we can make a couple plays ourselves. I didn't warn you guys that this question was coming, mostly because I don't know what I'm going to say before I start saying it. But who's who's a player in the next third of the season? So Nebraska's done with their first third. Who's a player in the next third over these four games, uh, all going to be played in October, that you're you're kind of uh, curious to see how it goes for them specifically? Is there anybody that comes to mind for you, Michael Brunts, as you stare up into the ceiling looking for an answer? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, I think one guy that I'm curious to see if he can get it kind of turned around a little bit, and I don't think he's been really bad, but you know, I think we expected a lot of Tommy Hill coming into to the season. And I, I don't know that, you know, what we've seen completely is, has, you know, been what we thought we would get. And I think he's a guy that, you know, has been frustrated at times when he's been pulled. I think he's, um, you know, probably felt like he should be a little bit farther along with those performances than he is at this point. And I'm, I'm curious to see if he can kind of put it together um, because obviously Nebraska's defense has not been very good. But if you can get a couple, couple turnovers from somebody like him, that kind of changes the picture a little bit in these three games here where I think they're actually going to be pretty close, give, you know, in spite of Nebraska's struggles. So I'll go, I'll go Tommy Hill as my guy that I'm very curious about over the next third. Todd. Um, I'll probably go back to the offensive line and say Bryce Benhart. And I, I don't know if they've made any changes there. I, I didn't see any sort of um, depth chart or anything, but again, from what I saw from the other day, it looked like most of his mistakes were mental. It wasn't that he was missing blocks. It's that he didn't know who to block. Um, so I, I think if he can get that squared away, I still, you know, I, I don't want to let go of the promise he had and the, the, some of the, the recruiting hype he came in with and just see if he can get that turned around. Cause if that unit can get things turned around, it can cover up a lot of the uh, warts, I think. BC. Uh, you could pick a, Anybody on the defense, Marquise Buford. I mean, it's, I'll, I'll say Buford just because I think Buford's going to be a part of things for like the next two years around here. I think he's one of those glue guys in the program um, who will still be writing about a year and a half from now as a main guy. And so you want to see a player like him specifically um, every week take another step where maybe by you know November, we're, I'm not saying we're thinking about him as being as reliable as like Deontay and Markel were by the end of their careers, but where you, you feel like he's on a little bit more solid footing and has kind of got through some of uh, the trial by fire errors that come up as a first year starter. 
I am uh, I'm going to go with Garrett Nelson in part because I think if he has any aspiration to make it to the NFL, he's got to raise his level. Um, you know, I mean, he was more disruptive last year uh, than he's been through the first four games so far. Some of that's quick passing game has negated his ability to, to rush the passer. And he's probably a little bit better there than he would be as a run defender. But he's a guy that I mean, these are four teams that don't have, you know, tremendous offensive lines, but they're Big Ten offensive lines. Uh, you know, he's he's had good games in his career. He's had great stretches in his career. It feels like he's been a little bit missing uh, so far through these first four games in, in 2022 for a guy that I thought was one of the three or four best players on Nebraska's team coming in, or at least one of the three or four most reliable. And so I'd like to see if we can get to that point here over this, uh, you know, next few game stretch, because if even just he can be a little bit more disruptive, if he's adding some tackles for a loss or able to, to hound the quarterback a little bit more. I mean, we saw when they were able to force turnovers, um, some of that was just having guys after Kyle Van Treek. So, um, you know, who was able to, uh, he got the ball away, but ended up in the hands of Marcus Buford. So if Garrett Nelson can kind of get things going, I think that would help uh, in a lot of ways for, for a defense that just sort of needs better individual performances in addition to maybe a mentality change on top of everything else. All right, it is time for predictions. And that means oddly specific predictions. It means a click to pick and a score prediction. We will start with the oddly specific prediction, and we will start in the bottom right corner. Brian Christopherson, what do you got for us? Um, I will say Nebraska will have a kick return that gets beyond uh, no, no, they all right, smart guy. I'll say, I'll say be, <laughs> beyond the forty, uh, right to the forty-three yard line to their own forty-three yard line. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's going to kind of pop, and it, it, you know, the, just one, mind you, but they're going to have a kick return. Uh, guy takes it at the one, gets it to the forty-three. Um, that'll be the most pro- one of the most promising kick returns we've seen uh, maybe since I don't know since Kenny Bell returned one against Penn State it feels like it feels like so it's been that long all right a kick return to the 43 that's where we're getting started today Todd Peterson what do you got um I'm gonna go with a trio of touchdown receptions um two of them are going to be the same length 17 yarders for brody belt and marcus washington and then trey palmer is going to have a third that's going to be 26 yards 17 three three passing touchdowns for casey thompson on saturday including uh one to trey palmer for his second and then marcus washington would be his first score right that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't think he scored yet this year. I feel like it's been I looked, a lot of tight I looked at the schedule to see if the Giants had a bias to see if maybe I could throw in like Austin Allen suiting back up, but nothing. No luck. No such luck. <laughs> you know that Brunts has been watching that schedule closely to see if yeah. Austin Allen's anywhere near Nebraska so he can catch a ball. Brunts, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to predict total plays between the two teams. Um, I think it's going to be a really long game. I think it's going to... That's good. It's starting at 6.30 at night. That's the best time for a long game. I know. Um, This game needed to be at 11 a.m., and I'm disappointed it's not. On Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I will say that combined, these two teams will run 100 and... 
181 plays. Is that a lot? Does that feel like a lot? I mean, yes. Okay. I'll say 181. And I think it's going to, I, I don't think we get a final gun until about 1050 central time. It's going to be a long one. Settle in. A 420 game for wow. Michael Brooks. <laughs> that sounds absolutely it's miserable. Gonna, it's going to feel like a double header with like a rain delay in there. <laughs> that's that's what we need. That's what yeah. the people want. Uh, I'm going to combine my oddly specific prediction with my pick to click. I think Oshan Mathis is not going to have just one sack. He's going to have two and a half sacks on Saturday. Just blowing out his numbers so far. And Nebraska's pass rush numbers so far. Big day for Oshan Mathis. That's my oddly specific prediction. And he's my pick to click. Todd, who are you going with pick to click? Um, I'm going to stick with wide receivers and go Trey Palmer and say he's going to have a big day outside of that individual touchdown. Didn't say he might not have more. We'll see. All right. Uh, Brunt. Pick to click. Um, I will say... I'll go with Gabe Irvin. I think he gets in there, does does some things, does some good things, and uh, I I think I think he'll go for over fifty yards rushing in this game. Gabe Gabe Irvin. I you sounded like a football coach at a Monday press conference. Yeah, hey, did, he does some things. He's a good player. He's a good football good player. Does some things. Player, good player. Moves well Move out, out there. Move around well out there. Yep. All right. BC. Uh, I'll just go with an obvious guy, but we do, often don't mention Casey Thompson in our pick to clicks because we try to be so clever. But I, I think a lot's going to be riding on uh, Casey um, sort of being that when he came out like against Northwestern and there was um, even Georgia Southern uh, that full game, I thought he played really well. And if he's that type of guy, again, I think Nebraska can win Saturday and I, I think he can be. And, he he missed some throws against OU. Well, the line play wasn't good, but there were some opportunities there that were uh, not taken advantage of. So I'll say Casey Thompson bounces back a little bit. All right, I am. I don't know where any of you are going to go with your score <laughs> prediction. I don't know what score you're going to predict in Brunson's four-hour, twenty-minute game. I don't know, you know, at all who anyone thinks is going to win. So I'm just going to get my prediction out of the way and just sit back and enjoy where the rest of you take this. Nebraska wins its second game, 34-26 over Indiana, under the lights. The fourth quarter is absolutely rocking as everyone's fired up by ACDC. That's my prediction, 34-26 Nebraska. Todd Peterson, what do you got? Um, I'm going to go with a real odd score here. I think I'm going to go like 35-33 Nebraska. Um, oh, Got those touchdowns in there. We'll see. It's going to be a nail biter, um, but Nebraska wins a one score one score game. See if if you knew that you were going to pick that, you could have went with the oddly specific prediction that as time runs out, Indiana scores, misses its two point conversion, and Nebraska <laughs> celebrates on the field. That's why you're the pro, Mike. <laughs> Brunts. Uh, Todd and I are in the same ballpark and I was initially going to be kind of snarky and say it was going to be a low score game with all those plays. But I think, I think what's going to happen here is I think you're going to see on the 181st play of the game, 
you're going to see Timmy Bleak Road knock through about a 26-yarder to win it for Nebraska. Nebraska 38, Indiana 37. Wow. All right. BC, you got to follow this up. Okay. Hey, Todd, it was your senior year, 2008. Is that right? <laughs> So you were in that game where Nebraska beat Kansas. I think it got bowl eligibility, 45-35. It was kind of a shootout game. Kind of a snowy, yeah. yeah, snowy day, I believe. Roy Hill, Roy Halu uh, hurt a guy. Yeah. I'm going to say that – I'm going to go – since Todd's on the show, that game's in my mind as kind of this type of offensive, you know, back and forth. I'm going to say Nebraska 45 to 35 that's not a comfortable win by any means it's going to be like tense and there's some play that just gives them a 10 point win um but that's that's what i'm going with in honor of todd peterson and remembering a game from his um husker pass i'll have to look up what his stat line was though why didn't you go 26 21 in honor of todd peterson it's just it's just not that kind of game (laughs) and hopefully 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 it's not the 49-31 USC game um, the the, the other way. Uh, But I'll say 45-35 on an optimistic note. So from Todd Peterson to Todd Reesing here on the the Hypecast today. Look at that. (laughs) I'll throw it to uh, another podcast, but I heard somebody talking about that USC game just comparing seasons. And they mentioned the score, and one of their co-hosts was like, it was that close? Like, and I was like, that was because of me. Four yeah, it, it was. <laughs> you, you made it scroll well, Todd. It scrolled well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent. Well, Todd, we appreciate you joining us again here on the uh, the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. And uh, look forward to checking in with you and, and seeing how you're enjoying the rest of the season and if there's much – to enjoy. So appreciate your time as always. For Michael Bruns and Brian Christopherson, I'm Mike Shaver. Be sure to check out everything at Husker247.com. We have plenty of coverage leading up to the game. There will be uh, an official visitor. Uh, there will be other recruits on campus. There's certainly going to be more coaching search talk. All of that can be found at Husker247.com. Check all of that out right now. We'll catch you with another podcast next week.